So today we are joined by Serena Lee. Welcome to the Seeing Ourselves podcast, Serena. Hi, thank you for having me. I thought I'd start with just a brief introduction to you, Serena. So Serena has studied MA Fashion Communications, critical studies with a focus on the intersection of black fashion history. After her MA, she started an Instagram page called Georgian Diaspora, which is where I first found Serena's amazing work and research, and it explores fashion and cultural history. She's currently assistant editor of Black History Month magazine, Editions. And today we will be talking about dance and ritual, and it will be based on some pieces from the National Maritime Museum, Royal Museum's Greenwich archives and collections. So I've given a brief introduction to you, our Serena, but can you tell me your involvement in this project so far and a little bit about your background? Sharon approached me and I was more than happy because it is so up my street, like having the chance to look in the archives and kind of see images of people that look like ourselves and kind of change that narrative is really, really important. So I'm so like honored to be here and, you know, to be in this space and to work with you on this project. It's it's really important to me. So I appreciate being here, to be honest. And I'm just glad you're here because we've been talking for a few months, haven't we? And we've worked on a couple of things so far, Mm -hmm. but this is the only the second time. I think it is only the second time we've met in person. like spoken before but yeah this is the second time we've been in person yeah Yeah. and we're here at the museum today so we've just been looking around a bit haven't we yes hmm yes hmm indeed (laughs) yeah we were looking at the atlantic room Mm -hmm. the atlantic trade room and yeah it's a lot to be honest yeah i mean it always is yeah for the listeners at home we should explain what a lot means because For those people who haven't been to the National Maritimes Museum Atlantic Rooms, it's currently under, what could we call it, reconstruction? Well. (laughs) And, yeah, go on, you can can elaborate on that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a long time coming. Mm -hmm. They said they were going to start changing it from 2007, Mm -hmm. because at the moment, or in the past, and still, there's a lot of work to be done to make it less racist and less offensive mm-hmm. to add you know a more nuanced look at history mm-hmm. of black history of slave history african history caribbean history there's a lot of work to be done yeah there is a lot of work to be done i mean you go in and it's quite dark and gloomy in there mm. and then one of the first things that catches your eye because they're placed so very well is the shackles and I think the way the whole space is displayed and the whole feeling and atmosphere just isn't inviting. And I do understand trade and enslavement is a lot, but I don't see where it has to be so depressing. There's a lot in there that, that could be changed. I mean, so much. I mean, I can't even get my words. There's so much mm. in there that's missing. Yeah. And they're just reiterating the same story. I think one of the stories that comes across really strongly in that space is referencing or depicting African enslaved people or Africans more generally as passive and non-resistant. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, the main pictures you see in there, like one of them was a picture of a young boy in Zanzibar with like a chain around his neck and his foot 
and a piece of wood that he carries on his head and they're the type of images that you see mm-hmm. and then you know then you have people like Ignatius Sancho and Alauda Aquiano you know some great African descent people British British men you know that made so much strides over here back then in the Georgian times and they're tiny tiny little images mm. and they're just not looked at they're not promoted as mm. well as the enslaver of course and slavery must be addressed i'm not saying like wipe that out but there are so many resistant stories sam sharp takia could go on we could go on there are so many stories that are not put there to show um, resistance and when you see the other kids in there that are that are walking around the gallery that don't pick any of these stories up it's not it's not conducive for children to pick these stories up. Rather, they kind of just look mm. at the pictures and they kind of, I think they blanket, quite frankly. Yeah. And I think it's not, I think the space for me isn't engaging, not only for children, but also for adults. Mm. You know, you could almost feel a sense of, okay, these are the stories that are being told. These are truthful stories. People aren't questioning Yes. or interrogating what they're seeing. They're just literally... I, I do remember, I don't think I'll ever forget this now, but when we were in there, I heard a woman walk past and just comment, oh, look, Pirates of the Caribbean, and she just kept walking. Yes, yes, I heard that. Did you hear that yeah, as well? Pirate, yes. Yeah, And it's just like, okay. Yeah. So when we say it's a lot, it's it's a triggering space. It's a space that needs to change. And I'm glad that we've got this opportunity to have this conversation in collaboration with the museum. And also we have an opportunity to make suggestions of the changes that can be made. And that's what we're working towards in this project. But I think it's also really important to acknowledge the fact that there is a lot of work to be done. Lots of work. And it needed to be said. Absolutely. There's so much because some of these... Some of the resistance stories mm. and, you know, with my work and what I do, I've seen some great images of, you know, Haiti and, you know, and there's just nothing really there that you can grasp some exciting mm. images of like the opposite side, as in the white men being hung up and strung up. And they're certain, no, but it just make for me, I was like engaged in those yeah. images and I think that would make people, you know, let's be honest, people are interested in that type of stuff, but all you have what we what we saw was just a little image of Louvertar and a few words mm. and it just doesn't give weight to the resistance and no. the revolution which was in the Caribbean and other parts of the Atlantic which really needs that now we're in a time we're in 2021 we're in a time now where we know the story is way more than what we're being taught mm. and they always have that slave ship in lights, the, the, the main picture. Was, it's always the main picture. I remember being taught that at school and feeling a certain way in my class when I was the only black girl in the class. I'll never forget it. Can you talk a bit about what it feels like to... So you've done a lot of research, yes, obviously. Yes, And I'm completely addicted to your Instagram page. And I love seeing those images. And I know what it feels like for me to see positive images of blackness represented it's empowering i think particularly in a historical context it would be amazing to see more widely images of resistance mm-hmm. and rebellion but what does it do for you in terms of how does it make you feel when you see those images 
yes, I actively search those images out. And I always have done since I was young. It just places me, that's how it feels. And also, a British person, someone that's transitioned, because I can't relate to being African. You know what I mean? My parents are Caribbean, so I know that I have people that were enslaved in my family, but also slavers. Mm. So it's like, it's that dichotomy. But when I see those images, I can see myself in them. It's that transition that sometimes I think is either just, I mean, I say whitewash, but, or blackwash then, because it's like, well, that's what black is. Black is a certain thing, but actually there's a nuance mm. to us all. And I find that I can find myself in these images and it really means something to me. I don't know if I explained No, you did. Right. You explained it really well. For me, when you were talking, I was thinking about it's almost like it's grounding. Yes. It kind of anchors you and it makes you feel... It makes you stand upright. It makes you feel proud. It makes you feel as though you're enough. And I think when you live in a world where so often you're not depicted as being enough or when you walk into museums or if you walk into an art gallery which I'm, I absolutely love doing. Um, but when you walk into those spaces and you don't see yourself reflected back at you, it kind of makes you, it not kind of, it definitely makes you feel disconnected. Absolutely. It's, it's jarring. It is jarring. Especially when you see a young child, as myself, as my nephews, with a, you know, chains. Mm. And then I see Ignatius and he's a writer. You know, he owned a shop you know, lived in London, I relate to him. And I'm not sure why he's not celebrated. Mm. And that's just why I'm thinking there has to be a way to allow these people to speak that I see as ancestors. Yeah, and it's bringing me back to the, the image, the really large framed image in the gallery. It's basically an oil painting of a white man, I can't even remember what he did, but he was definitely being celebrated with a, a gold, gold gilt edge frame. framed. Yeah, and it was huge. Huge. Massive. And what was next to it? Ignatius Sancho. And it was a tiny, tiny probably about four inch by four yeah. inch image. Tiny little image in the corner next to three jugs. On foam board. On foam board in a glass case. And badly lit. So I think it's when you're walking through those spaces and you're seeing images of whiteness celebrated and our images not celebrated and not given the same kind of gravitas or or respect. Mm, respect. It's hugely triggering and highly problematic. Absolutely. And it's something that definitely needs addressing. So... <laughs> I would love to talk to you about some of the images or some of the pieces from the collection that you have selected. So if we talk a little bit about the process that we went through, because we were in the middle of a, we're still in the middle of a global pandemic, mm -hmm. it's not over yet. Yeah. Um, but because we were unable to meet in person and we weren't able to come into the museum, you did some research for us online and you selected some pieces that you wanted to talk about for this episode. Yeah. And the first piece that you've selected is called A Negro Festival Drawn from Nature in the Island of St Vincent. Yes. Can you explain a little bit about why you selected this 
piece and describe it for the people listening, please. Okay, so this is an etching. It's in St. Vincent and it was etched by Augustino Brianas. But he was a prolific painter in the Caribbean islands and he was actually commissioned to go out there and paint these picturesque images of the Caribbean people and their lives. I'm sure you can imagine what you know, their lives were at the time of slavery. But a lot of his images are very picturesque. People are having a lovely time. They're dressed very well. And in this particular image, which is called a Negro festival, they're having, you know, a nice time dancing. And it's almost like a market scene. There's four people at the front and they're dancing, dressed very well. They've got no shoes on, but they're having, there's somebody's got a tambourine. There's also fruit and pineapples at the front. So yeah, everyone's having a really good old time. And it's a mix of both black enslaved people and white, we're assuming, slave owners. All dancing together, is that correct? Well, what you have here is, you would say, Creole or, or free, free people of colour, you would mm-hmm. say, okay. at the time. And even the dark-skinned lady looks as though she's free as well, which, which was possible at the time. And they're all having a good old time dancing away. I picked this image because, you know, you can see that this is almost like a cover of what was actually happening. And it's good that they mention that in the description. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. This was a propaganda act. He was a prolific painter and he painted loads all around the Caribbean islands of these kind of very picturesque images. There are images like this in other museums as well. And I think it's important to know the background of, you know, what might be happening. I think we all can guess, you know, and the beautiful imagery, I won't deny it. I do enjoy looking at these images, but I also know what lies beneath. And I think a word you mentioned earlier was jarring with reference to some of the images that we've discussed previously. And for me, this image is jarring, (laughs) partly because I... I know, as you said, what was going on in reality, Mm -hmm. but also the fact that it was purposely done to create this false sense of what it was like and just that intentional ability to lie and then be able to share these images that then years and years later we're still looking at and that's the representation we have of that time is both upsetting and sickening, really. Mm. Mm. I, th- I think I think it's important to show it, but I think it's important to to give a truth, an mm. understanding of what was happening at the time. I think that's really important. And what I do like as well is dance. I'm very interested in dance mm-hmm. in all forms. <laughs> <laughs> and the history of dance, and it was very important in the Caribbean, and which came through from from Africa, of course. And that's something I hold on to as well. It's like, you know, even just for me, I saw I see it to be here, to be alive, to have carried on through the ancestry, to have been born. People must have had a good time in no matter how painful or how hard it was, just as we do now, just as we do today, we do have a good time. Mm. And that's kind of what I try and hold on to or pull out of these images. That's a really interesting approach. I hadn't really 
thought of it from that perspective. Think about you whining and having a good time. Me whining? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't whine. And then you have to go out. I do whine. (laughs) I know you do. I know you do, Sharon. And and then you have to go out and deal with the world. And I feel, and that's how I connect with some of these imagery. That's how I connect because it's almost as if I feel like things haven't even changed that much in how you have to hold yourself as a human being that's, you know, connected to to that ancestor story. And I guess that's how, for you, when you're approaching this work, this is how you, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. this is how you're able to do the work you do. Absolutely, because I'm finding the the life, not just the illusion, but the, the life of my ancestors. I mean... I was looking at enslaved records from people in my own family. Okay. And it's a lot. It's a lot to take, you know, and and it is that survival. And in order to survive, you have to love, you have to care. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's what I'm holding on to, is that there's a care in that history for us to survive. And that's why I'm here today, and I have to honour that. And that's what I do when I tell my stories. You've given me goosebumps. Thank you for sharing that. And is that work that you're doing currently, are you still in the process of doing that work? Yes, yes, I am, yeah. Amazing. It carries on as well because when I think about dance, Mm -hmm. some of the dancers that they do, so they're quite ceremonial and, and they do it in celebration whether people are getting together, whether there's a baby... You know, and it's very important, this comes from Africa. So there were times where people would dance and actually the white people or white masses, they would be quite fascinated with this because it's not part of the culture in the same sense. So you can imagine the dynamics of that. I mean, to me, Caribbeans are quite unique in that sense that we've been a multicultural society for a long, 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 long while. And with that, the dancers of European dance, African dance, South American dance, it's all mixed into one. And you can see that here. So I can pull that out for me. That's how, that's how I can relate. Okay, so now we're looking at the Johnny Newcomb images. So these are like quite controversial. Mm-hmm. They're definitely controversial. So the first one we're looking at is The Adventures of Johnny Newcomb. It's a vignette. And here you've got like a set of six images uh, detailing the adventures of Johnny Newcomb. Now, Johnny Newcomb is like a slang term for a British Navy man. They're satirical, you kind of take the (laughs) out of. (laughs) And a lot of artists illustrate him in certain ways, in certain situations. But he's very prominent in Jamaica. And he's used, again, as a... um, caricature and there are others that are worse there's one at the British Museum which is quite racist Mm -hmm. to say the least but the one we're looking at now has like a dancing festival some people getting married and it's six vignettes and it actually says a negro ball Johnny dancing with Rosa the planter's beautiful daughter so basically it's like a new a, a navy man which has gone away to the Caribbean and he's basically seduced by the Caribbean lifestyle. And I think that's what these images are for, to almost, to be a warning to some of the white men that were going over there to kind of don't be, you know, don't be swayed by the lifestyle and get taken over, basically. 
I mean, there's a ceremony with Johnny, Charming Rosa, and then it says, number six, the last image, is Johnny and his fair bride reveling in jollity and festive mirth. They remind me a little bit of Hogarth's work. Exactly. Do they you as well? Yes, that's exactly. It's a take Mm. of that type of genre, yes. And I'm just intrigued, how many of of these pieces do you think exist? Oh, there's, there's quite a few. There's quite a few pieces. There's some in the British Museum and other places as well. And these are quite tame to the mm. ones in the other places, if anybody And why wants. did you select these pieces? I just thought it's an interesting genre. Mm-hmm. And because I also looking in my studies, in my independent studies, I do think, OK, I'm looking at like the picturesque and the beautiful side, mm-hmm. but also I'm starting to look at the caricatures, the, the grotesque kind of stuff. I mean, it's quite hard to look at, but actually, it tells you a story of how deep, yeah, the PR, yeah. <laughs> the promotion of what they're trying to portray back then and what they're carrying on now. Today, we saw these in the museum mm. with not much of an explanation no. at all of what they're for, you know, that they're offensive. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's important that that's understood. Yeah, there's no context to them and there's no referencing at all to the fact that they are highly offensive. Yes, they are. And that they're not truthful. There's no kind of discussion, I think, in the descriptions, is there, of... None. Yeah. It makes you realise just how... how dangerous history can be in the hands of certain groups of people when they hold on to power and do not allow other voices to be heard and continue to do so to this day. So even when museums and, you know, and different institutions are maybe collecting stories, who is actually instigating the collection of those stories? What is the agenda behind them? Who actually has a seat at the table to make those decisions? Whose voices are being heard? I think... This battle, I don't think, I know this battle continues. Absolutely. And who were they catering for? Because we know who they were catering for in the past, enslavers and the British people at home that were living a certain kind of lifestyle. What were they trying to say back then in comparison to now? You know, something has to shift. And I do think it's happening in small ways, but, you know... Come on now. It's 2021, (laughs) we're ready now. (laughs) I mean, on this one, it's called On a Visit in Style, Taking a Ride, West India, Fashionables. And you've got a man and a woman on horses and a carriage with two enslaved people at the back of it and one steadying the horse. Yeah, it's, it's pretty racist. And it's just kind of... It's casual, isn't it? It's like, yes, it's just, On a know, visit, in style, taking a ride, West India fashionables. It's a tourist image. Yeah. It's a brochure. Come it to Jamaica. Yeah. And look, you can have your, your luggage taken by enslaved people on their heads. You know, you'll be guided through the landscape. They'll, you know, they'll steer the horse for you. There isn't any reference to... Yeah, to the stories that we know were happening at the time. Exactly. The reality, rather. I feel like you want to say something. Well, there's a 
lot to say, but I yes, know. Go on. Yes, you can go say on, something. The series itself is incredibly problematic, and I think the most problematic part of it being on display was the lack of context. Yes. And it was, it had a very very short description in the museum, yes. and it was n- not referencing how problematic, not just that series or this specific six images, but the entire concept behind it or anything is just placed up there, almost placed as if it was fact. This is what happened in the Caribbean. This is how it is, and that's what it looked like. The courtship between, you know, this white naval man and coming down to the Caribbean, finding a pretty planter's daughter. And even the word, I have a problem with the word planter, mm. but it's a complete removal of the fact that you were a slave owner. Mm. So the, the use of the language, so-and-so was a merchant. You, what, was, what was on your ships exactly, you know? You were a merchant of human beings or the products of enslaved labor, and a planter, you know, that's this romanticized language exactly. of industry and these are business people and they are honorable, they participate in honorable practices, those kind of removals. But yeah, I think for them to put up this with zero context as to how and why it is problematic, that's what is that's what bothers me the most. Yes, I agree. Is there anything else you would want to say about dance and ritual i think i've said it all because what i'm finding what i find is i'm searching for my culture within these images Mm. and actually i can find it even you know below these racist imagery i can pull something out of it you know but what it's about is knowledge and you know because these images they cover a lot and it's like erasure and erasure is it's heavy, just like what we were saying. It's heavy when you go in there and you see, like, chains and all sorts, and then you think, actually, there are other stories. That's, there's our stories, and things have to change. You know, things are changing since Black Lives Matter, I guess, but things have to change because I think about the next generation, my nephews. Mm. You know, they deserve to know more about the past rather than feeling like I did in class when they started to talk about slavery because that was the only black history they spoke about. Oh, and Martin Luther King. You know, there's so much to our rich, rich, rich culture Mm. in so many different ways and it deserves to be told. And that's why I'm so grateful to you and other black historians like you who, who do the work you do. Because without your input, I think so often our stories wouldn't be heard and they wouldn't be shared in the way that you're able to share them. So I really appreciate the work you do. Oh, thank you for saying that. I hope hope it makes it different so people can relate to what I say rather than kind of, oh, no, that's just racism, they pull away from it. It's like, this is the evidence. What What can you gain from it? What can you find from it? What can you pull from it? You know, apart from that gaze. Mm. And I think your work does inspire. Okay, good. It does, (laughs) (laughs) definitely, because just being able to see ourselves in the way that you're able to represent us and retell our stories is so empowering. It's hugely celebratory, so I just wanted to thank you for that. Thanks for saying that, Sean. I really appreciate it.
So it's been lovely speaking to you You today, Serena. Thank you so much for joining me and actually traveling all the way down from Nottingham to Greenwich (laughs) (laughs) to have this conversation. I think it's such an important conversation and I feel really honored to be working with you on this project. For anyone who would like to have a look at the work that you're doing, can you tell us what your social media handle is? Yeah, so it's Georgian underscore diaspora on Instagram. Wonderful. Thank you again, no, Serena. Thank you, Sharon. You're doing some great work and I'm so happy to be here thank you. for you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Seeing Ourselves podcast hosted by me, Sharon Walters. I'm a London-based artist whose practice includes hand-assembled collages celebrating black women. You can find my work on Instagram by heading to London underscore artist one or by visiting my website, londonartist1.com.